we acknowledge, Jesus, that your name is the name above all names. That in the power, there's power in your name, there's healing in your name. We can find peace and hope regardless of our circumstances when we find refuge in the mighty name of Jesus. Help, help our hearts to believe that. Help us to run to you when we're in trouble. Help us to know that you are in control, that you sit enthroned above all creation, that you are the sustainer of life, that you are the creator, and that we can trust you. We ask all these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Some yard signs for you that we can use between now and Easter. You certainly keep it up as long as you want. Jesus is alive. Jesus loves us. And Jesus still works miracles today. Jesus still works miracles today. Everybody doing okay? Pretty good? So the, one of the ways that the Ugandan people express their highest gratitude and appreciation is through dancing. They dance when they're thankful. They dance in worship. They dance when they're expressing to people how thankful they are for the connection, their friendship, their, their service. So the scene that you're about to see in the video is a time when I had a spiritual experience, I was flooded with emotion. I'd, I've been blessed to go to Uganda to see it at its beginning, to see what's taking place. I, I know many of the people, know their faces. I can tell by their health. I can tell by their hope. I can tell by, in many cases, uh, going from the malnutrition look to being pleasantly pleasant, plump. I mean that in a good way. I don't mean it like in a bad way. It's so good to see kids' bellies full and have enough food. One of the things I saw is the amount of dresses that the ladies have now, that they wear. They're bright colors. They're beautiful. Uh, we, we look at different ladies who have had some medical issues the last five years, and because they have been able to go to the hospital, they're doing great. Uh, and it's just wonderful to see what's taking place. And so it, in the village of Musakari, where I am, by the way, I have been anointed the third chairman of the village of Musakari. So I will travel to Uganda and I will sit in my throne and reign joyfully from time to time. I've not ever been the chairman of anything, so I'm looking forward to being the chairman. And boy, do I got some ideas. So I was watching the dancing. I was watching the expression of gratitude. I was seeing the joy on people's faces. The, the women from, the, from Musakari, the women from Namasuba, the women from Contendi, all together worshiping and celebrating and hugging each other and embracing each other and just celebrating what God has done was truly remarkable for me. And I sat there taking it all in. And, and I said, Lord, help me to remember everything that I need to remember here that is of importance. And, and I was trying to calm my heart and calm my mind. And 
because I was rejoicing that I've gotten an opportunity to see the Lord work. I've gotten an opportunity to see what all God has done. And it's, it's mind-blowing. It's spectacular. It's really, really special. And so as I'm sitting there watching the dancers dance, I hear these words. I hear these words in my voice, but I hear these words. And I believe the Holy Spirit spoke with my spirit. It was calm. It was peaceful. It was powerful. It, it was just bringing a settling over me. And here were the words. Remember, Jesus is alive. Jesus loves us. And Jesus still does miracles. That's what I heard. So that's the best way for me to communicate the work of the Lord in Uganda. And I, as we were coming on the plane, I'm thinking about Jesus is alive, Jesus loves us, Jesus still does miracles. And I said, Lord, do you want me to go nuts with that? And there was a peace that came over me. And so I will go nuts with it for the next several weeks until April 17th, and then we'll see what the Lord wants to do then. Jesus is alive. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you. And Jesus still does miracles. I want you to watch this video, and I want you to see the expression of their love. people struggle <laughs> I get it oh, oh what are we doing oh how many of y'all this is the first time here said we're not coming back I told you what's going on up here <laughs> yep we do this every Sunday every single Sunday we do this yeah Luke chapter 7 Luke chapter 7 Verse 11, the reason why I was anointed chairman of Musakari was that I danced. And they came and anointed me right there. The second chairman, the first chairman. They don't call him president, vice president, or chief and assistant chief. I don't know what the third one is. I'm probably the sentinel, probably what I am. Luke chapter 7, verse 11, soon afterward, Jesus went with the disciples to the village of Nain. To the village of Nain. I've seen the village of Nain. It's in the Valley of Armageddon. It's a small place even now. It was a small place then. Just a village, just down the road from Nazareth, which now is a huge city, but back then it's just a small little village. Not too far from the village of Capernaum, which was Jesus' headquarters. And so you've got the village of Capernaum, you've got the village of Nain, you've got the village of Nazareth, 
And then, of course, you've got to throw in the understanding of the village of Bethlehem. And we see that Jesus showed up in villages. And as I read verse 11, I just can't get over that. It wasn't the big cities. It wasn't the metropolitan areas. It wasn't the, the places where there was the greatest influencers and where the government entities had their headquarters. It was in villages that Jesus often showed up and worked his miracles. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. We are seeing the Lord's work in the villages of Natendi, the village of Montesuba, and the village of Muscari. Jesus still shows up in small villages. It didn't take me long when I'm looking through the scripture to think about by comparison with Dallas and Fort Worth, Alito is a small village. We are surrounded by small villages. We have Alito, we have Anetas, all three of them, north, south, and just middle. Just one, Aneta. We've got Willow Park, and we've got the beautiful oasis of Hudson Oaks. Just villages. And today, as we look back and see that Jesus really made his presence known in villages, he still does the same today. Jesus, for some reason, began in those villages and has done such a remarkable work. And Jesus still works in miracles in villages today, working miracles. In our country, in Uganda, and all across the world, Jesus is at work, and Jesus is alive. And he loves us, and he still works miracles. And so the question from verse 11 that I want to propose to you, why not Aneta, Alito, North, South, Aneta, Willow Park, and Hudson Oak? just to say, Lord, what do you want to do here? What do you want to do with me? How do you want to do it? In what way do we do it? What do you want me to testify to? What do you want me to share with? Do I do it through business? Do I do it through the pleasure activities around us? Do we do it through team things with the kids and the programs they have? What do we do? How do we do it? We keep on doing what we're doing, I suppose, and we just add to it, and we say, Lord, bend me, move me, shake me. Just make me your vessel of blessing in these villages. And it ought to be that every single one of us, we wake up every day and just have a burden in our heart, much like Evan Roberts had because he listened to the two evangelist brothers in 1895 in, in Wales. And he heard one of those evangelist brothers say, bend me, Lord, bend me, Lord. And he couldn't get away from that. Bend me, Lord. Whatever, Lord, you want me to do, whatever you want me to be, However you want me to operate, Lord, bend me, begin in me, O Lord. Go to work in our villages. May your spirit flow. May it just impact people. I heard this past week of a dad that took his life. I don't know the fellow. I don't know the family. Maybe some of you might know. And, and for the life of me, when I heard that, I said, why, why did he come to one of our men's groups? Why did he come to Saturday morning breakfast so we can hold on to him? Why wouldn't he involve us? Why didn't he come to the retreat and be a part of what God can do? I mean, we'll give hope. We'll love on him. We'll support him. We'll, we'll, we'll hug his neck and say, man, hang in there. Stay the course. It's going to be all right. Life's worth living. And all around us, folks, we've got people that are living in a dark place just like they were in these three villages in Uganda that all of a sudden hope and life and victory has come to. 
It's a completely different world, but the needs are all the same. The needs are manifested different. None of us are worried about our next meal. We're not worried about our jobs. We're not worried about those kind. Of, well, we may be worried about our jobs, but, you know, we're going to make a living. We're going to be able to make a living. We, we can go through hard times. We are just in a different economic and, and, frankly, a different governmental system where it's easier for us to make it. Now, it costs more to live here, and we've got, our, you know, we've got those stresses of paying the bills and making things happen, but, oh, my, what a different place it is. But spiritually, it's the same. It's the same devil. It's the same flesh. It's the same world system that we battle. But the battle began in those villages, and the battle is still being raised in those villages. I know it's happening in the cities. I know that's taking place, but we live in the village, and so I identify with the village of Nain today. There's a large crowd that followed Jesus to the city of Nain. Nain is up on a slope a little bit on the north side of the valley of Armageddon, and it's up a little bit, and so you walk uphill to the city of Nain. And so when Jesus is coming and this funeral procession is coming out, get that perspective. For Nain is quite a bit in elevation over the valley. And here he comes. Soon afterward, Jesus went with the disciples to the village of Nain and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. It's a funeral. It's the funeral of a widow, only son. You got pain here in this. You got sorrow here in this village. I, I can't imagine this woman's sorrow. There's pain here. And you see, the idea that there's pain in life, the idea that people hurt, people suffer, people struggle, there's difficulties. We see so much pain in our world today. I mean, the pain in the Ukraine is, is mind-blowing today. There's so much pain in our world. We live with it. We see it. We observe it. The people are in pain. And and. We must not lose sight of the fact that people are in pain all around us, but at the same time, there is hope, there is possibility, there are solutions, there's victories that can be had because Jesus is alive, Jesus loves, and Jesus still works miracles. Now, the very best man can do is it gets all sideways, it gets all stirred up. I mean, there are groups of people believing this is what needs to happen to societies. People are studying it. People are pushing for it. And, and you see in the world stage, people saying, if we can just get the right people in charge of the world governments and the world systems, we can stop all the pain in the world. We hear that all the time. I mean, they're saying today, get rid of fossil fuels. They're saying today, we need one economy. They're saying today, we need one currency. 
And, and many people believe that many of the political things that are going on in our country is to devalue the dollar because one of the obstacles to that one world currency is the strength of the dollar. And if you can get the dollar to be weakened and, and get to where it has no value, then it's going to be easier for there to be that one world currency. It's the very best idea that man could come up with to stop the injustices that are in the world. They don't understand God's way is far better than that. They don't understand that they can do all those things and people are still going to be in pain. People are still going to be hurt. So there's no, there, there, to me, it's a very simple thing. Print as much money as you can. Give as much money as you can give away. Make it so that the dollar means nothing. And as soon as you can get to the place where the dollar means nothing, then you can begin to join these other countries across the whole world and, and migrate into that one world currency. That's the very best man has to offer. Brilliant people have come up with these ideas. Brilliant people somewhere. They've got lots of degrees on the wall. They've got lots of, of, of credentials. They're the ones pulling this off. But and it, and it may be from their perspective, the very best intentions that you can have, but they can't alleviate pains. They can't alleviate pains. They can't stop pain. They can't stop hurt. The, the, the social ideas cannot stop a broken heart, but Jesus can. I really think we ought to get all worked up about this. I think we ought to get all stirred up and worked up and understand that we've got a real battle in, in before us. We're in a battle. We've been in a battle. By gosh, there's, the battle is getting stronger all around us. And we need to become absolutely steeped in the understanding that Jesus is alive. Jesus loves us. And Jesus still works miracles today because, man, if we don't, pain and darkness and, and the world system is going to literally take us over. It's already happening. It's been happening for a long time. It's, in, it's, it's, it's infiltrated the school systems. It's infiltrated the universities. I mean, you hear today our kid was, was, was understanding about Jesus and those things the best that a high school kid can get. He went off to Baylor. He went off to Tech. He went off to A&M. He went down to Texas. Wherever he went, Angel State University, for God's sakes. That's where he went, and he started hearing things that just took the faith from him. We got to get real strong in the Lord. We got to understand that because there's pain, we've got to respond with Jesus. We got to respond with victory and we got to respond with hope. And in verse 12 points it out to us. It's a funeral procession. The man's dead, the young man's gone. The broken widow, she's just heartbroken over it. I mean, she just she's her only son. What is she going to do? No life insurance in that day. No social help for her. What in the world is she going to do? But Jesus showed up at the funeral procession. They were leaving the village of Nain, walking out for the burial, and Jesus shows up. And what you see is Jesus is alive, Jesus loved her, and Jesus worked a miracle. Verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed. There you go, the overflowing heart of Jesus. That's what we have. 
king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the creator, the one that's stronger than all. Stronger than the devil, stronger in the world, stronger than any king, stronger than any presidents, stronger than any army the world has ever produced, stronger than the greatest economy the world has to offer. When the Lord saw her, just a widow lady who's lost her son, her only son, no name, no recognition of her, of who she was, just most likely an ordinary everyday gal, a village liver. She lived in a village. No one knew who she was. They probably they often overlooked her, especially in this male-dominated society which she lived in. But when Jesus saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. That's Jesus. When Jesus sees the hurts of people around us, when Jesus sees your hurt, when Jesus says, sees my hurt, he overflows with compassion. And he said, don't cry. Don't cry. Oh, please don't cry. Now, he comes from the position of knowing what he's got. See, he comes from a position she doesn't come from. He comes from a position of understanding the power of God. He comes from a position to understand his own power, right? He's God. Then he walked over and he touched the coffin and the bearer stopped. The guys carrying the body out to the burial stopped. And Jesus said, young man, I tell you, get up. And when the dead boy sat up and began to talk, Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus is alive. He went to the village of Nain. Jesus is alive. Jesus goes to villages today. Jesus is alive. Then he saw the woman's hurt, and his love, his compassion overflowed. When Jesus goes to the village today, and he sees the hurt, he sees the sorrow, he sees the despair in people, his compassion overflows. Jesus' passion for people overflows. And just like then, he said, young man, I tell you, get on up. Come on out of there. Let's go. Get off that, get off that wood. Get off that table. Come on down off those men's shoulders. And the scripture here says that that young man who was dead and now is alive, he began to talk about it. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. What do you think he said? I wonder what he said. What in the world's going on? What just happened? Mom, I'm hungry. What took place? What, why are y'all y'all crying? What's the deal here? You, isn't it interesting that for this dead guy being rose from the dead, most likely for him, life just turned back to normal? Not for everybody else. Everybody else just saw it take place. It says in verse 16, Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us. And God has visited his people today. That's what I want to talk about right there. You see, you understand that Jesus is alive. 
understanding that Jesus loves us and understanding that Jesus still works miracles today, if we will live it out, if we will follow that, if we will move forward, if we'll keep that in mind, if we'll worship Jesus with that kind of resolve, if we'll dance before the Lord, literally for with our hearts overflowing with devotion and love for him, I mean, Jesus is alive. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. He didn't die again after he rose from the grave. He still lives. He will live. He will live forever and ever and ever. That's, that's whose team we're on. That's who we worship. That's who we celebrate. That's what moves us. That's what lifts us up. Jesus is alive. Jesus loves us. Just like he loved this woman, Jesus loves us. Jesus loves the people around us. He loves people. And he still works miracles today. He's worked miracles around you. He's done things perhaps you're not even aware of. He's changed lives. He's given hope. He's given possibility. He's caused people not to live according to their problems, but to live according to the victories that are in the Lord. The result is amazing. The result tells us that because Jesus is alive, Jesus loves us, and Jesus still works miracles today, that whatever you're facing, whatever your struggles are, no matter how dark things seem to be in your life, Jesus is alive, Jesus loves us, Jesus still works miracles. And I can see him dance in my mind. I can see the colors. I can see the joy. I smell the cooking. I feel it in my bones. I'm saturated with it. It's good to get saturated with God's visitation to a village. I hope you get saturated. I hope if you haven't been saturated in a while, you seek it with all your heart. I hope that you get to the place this week where you're so devoted to the Lord, living by faith, worshiping Him, loving Him, that there is a visitation of God to his people. Wherever you're at, I hope that God will just rearrange your world. Yep, that's it. Drive them crazy with it. Get us to live it every day. Get us to adopt this new mindset. Let this take over what needs to be taken over. Let all stinky attitudes be removed. Let all bitterness be put away. Let all anger be set aside. Let all ideas of malice and revenge and brokenness be pushed to the side and, and, be, and have all those weights removed and stand open in worship and freedom and dancing. Jesus is alive. Jesus loves us and Jesus still does miracles. Amen. A project that I want you to help in with those villages. A project that might stir you a little bit a project that maybe, perhaps, maybe the Lord wants you to be a part of. So, in the building project that got going on, they're building two homes, they're almost finished. In those two homes, there are two room homes with a nice little porch on it. And those two homes are going to be for the older and the real mature Christian lives of Margaret and Faye. And, and they are, they built porches on the front of those two homes. And, and they are going to live in those homes, work during the day, do all those things. And then they're going to be available in the afternoon, whenever time comes, they're going to be able to sit on their porches and be able to share with the ladies 
that have problems and troubles in that village. What a beautiful thing that is. They're going to have an outdoor latrine there. They're going to have an outdoor kitchen is where they cook. It's much different than we do here. They're going to have a workshop there for the ladies to go to every day and be able to do their work. But it's a beautiful thing. And, and one of their goals, one of their desires is to build seven apartments, three on, the, uh, three on the bottom and four on top. And these apartments are just one-room apartments. And these apartments are going to be for ladies who come through, young women most likely. Maybe they're the ones, that it's, it's after their first husband throws them away. And they're without money. They've got kids to raise. They're in a bad situation. And, and, and the Elizabeth's Voice Ministry is going to be to house six women at a time and be to help them in these apartments. These apartments cost $10,000 each. We need seven of them built. Can you build an apartment here for $10,000? $10,000 builds an apartment. $70,000 is a suburban. $70,000 is that Ford pickup truck with that nice king leather seats in it. I seen them. I lust over them. I like them. Like to have me one of them. It can be done, right? Can you imagine all the lives that would be touched for $10,000? Can you imagine if they were only able to build one apartment and a lady comes on and a lady becomes the next Margaret, a lady becomes the next Faith, a lady becomes the next Inconita, a lady becomes the next Phyllis, and a lady becomes the next Joyce. And she comes in broken. She comes in not able to feed her family. And all of a sudden they sit down with her and, and they feed her family. And then as the Lord provides, they send their kids to school. And then as time goes on, they work with her, teach her a trade. And maybe she becomes the next great basket maker in Uganda. And, and, and maybe she gets so many orders that she sits down all day long on the floor making those straw baskets. And, and maybe she makes 20 bucks a week. And she celebrates and she dances because she gets to feed her family. $70,000 for those apartments would begin a fundraising deal today. Maybe the Lord wants you to be part of that. I also want to raise $30 more thousand dollars for what isn't covered in the 70 for the apartments and all the other things that they might be able to do around that complex to reach the ladies in Uganda but they haven't even dreamed because it's so mind-blowing to them what's ahead of them and how much it costs. The second thing for your partnership in, and honestly, no financial partnership at this point in this deal, but, but one of the needs has been the men. The men. It's a, it's a difficult thing, and it's been on my heart to meet the needs of the men, to do something for the men. And as Chris said a while ago, show some of those pictures, Emma, just... Uh, Send them on through there, if you would. Uh, Chris was going to have those pictures, we forgot. But um, these are, we have hired four men. 
I have a pastor's discretionary fund. Someone gave money to that a long time ago, and every now and then people give to it. Uh, and we do things with all the time. Frankly, it pays for my wish, my mission trips and other people's mission trips from time to time. And we do a lot of mission work with it as time goes on. And so I'm thinking about how much money is in there and what we could do with it. And so we met with these guys. Uh, Chris and I taught them about what it means to be a man, what it means to love your wife as Christ loved the church, what it means to be faithful, what it means not to run off. And I really addressed the African culture and how they need to break away from it and not be part of that African culture. And so we hired four guys. They, they, they're calling them big dogs men. So this may be the big dog construction company of Uganda. Big dog. I kind of like that myself. And so uh, these four men don't have a job. These four men have not been educated. These four men uh, are not uh, uh, skilled anyway. Uh, one guy named Gideon just got out of prison. We're already sending him to school, and Gideon is, is sold out, believer in Christ now. He got saved when he was in prison, and, and he's working alongside these. Uh, he will be working alongside these guys later, but he's got to finish his school, and he's going to that trade school right now that we put him to. We were able to send him to trade school for 300 bucks. Remarkable. Remarkable that you can do that there. So here they are working on the houses that they're building. You can see the uncertainty on his look. This is probably his first day of work. He's not quite sure what he's done. He hasn't worked a long time. And, and so here they are working and, and they're putting them alongside this man here with the red shirt. He's not one of our guys. And so they're assigning them to work with different workers in the group. Keep it going, Emma. And, and so that they can, they can uh, learn what they're doing there. So uh, under the Come on, come on, think, think, think. I'm done. I've already finished, so I'm done. Under the advice of, the, of Evelyn and Amy, uh, because we're not quite sure where the men are, if they really mean what they mean, if they mean what they say, they're on a 90-day probation period. And, and Big Dog told them that if they foul up the next 90 days, they're fired. And that's all it's going to be. Uh, from the pastor's uh, discretionary fund, we're paying them $25 a week to work six days a week. $25. And they're happy with that. That's a good going wage in Uganda. $25 to work 10 hours a day, six days a week. And then we're paying them 10 more dollars to pay Elizabeth's voice ministry for their lunch and supper. Really, they get a lot of food at lunch. They carry leftovers with them. And every day they eat beans, they eat green beans, they eat uh, matuki, matoki, and, and every now and then they might get a little skinny chicken, the little skinny chickens. They might be able to get a little chicken. I think Thursday is chicken Thursday, and they'll get a little protein on Thursday, and they get rice. Looks like he's got, that may be Matoki there with his rice, and, and he's a happy lad. Chicken fried egg. Chicken Friday, not chicken Thursday. I think chicken fried egg. I don't know what a chicken fried egg is, but I'm for it. Um, so that's what's going on. So, uh, after that 90-day probation period, if they're on board, we'll send them to, to uh, uh, the school and learn. And if they make it to the trade school, then uh, by that time, Chris and other guys in our church, no business, are going to be meeting with them either in person or on TV. And uh, hopefully get a bunch of guys to go there and help them work and help them to get established and going. Not like here, but like there. 
not how our culture does it, but how their culture does it. That's what we're going to do. So $70,000 for the apartments, $30,000 for some other stuff. Oh, by the way, $80,000 apartments, they're building an apartment for Amy and, uh, and for Big Dog when he goes. And so we'll have a nice little apartment there for Big Dog. All right. So let's give to it. We are so blessed. We got lots of money in the bank. My trustees and elders are, oh, here he goes. We got lots of money in the bank. Lord bless us. Today, you don't even have to give to our offering. We'll be all right. You do what God says you do, but give to it today. Wouldn't it be neat if $100,000 were given today for this? I don't know that it can't. I don't know that it can. I don't know what's available. I don't know how much money is available, right? I just believe that if we give it, the Lord's going to do something with it. And, and I see, I know many of you hadn't been there, hadn't seen it, Chris and I and Susan had seen it. But for me, I see the potential of, I mean, they're going to be, if, if, if in six months, if these apartments are finished, they're going to fill them up. They're going to have a problem. They're going to have a problem because there are going to be so many people wanting to put these people in here because it's a bright light. It's the hope. I was walking through the village one day, and a little man was walking by, and the group was up, and I was just kind of standing looking around. And he walked up and said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. How are you doing? He said, my name's Fred. I said, my name's Lee. Good to see you. Yeah, he talked real good English. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, yeah, Mozingo in the streets doesn't look good. Does he said, yeah, I had, you, know, you, you know, what are you doing here? I said, I'm here working with Evelyn. Oh, Evelyn, Evelyn born again. Evelyn, good woman. Evelyn, do a lot of good. Evelyn, do a lot of good. I said, yes, sir. We just got so many years left. Let's do a lot of good. Father, help us, guide us. Speak to our hearts about giving. Speak to our hearts, Lord, about uh, providing to meet the needs that just be tools in the hands of these ladies in Uganda to reach ladies, to teach ladies, to give kids hope, and to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.